Hey Taiki and welcome to the Pursue Your Spark podcast. Welcome to all the new listeners and hello to all our current listeners. We are all going through menopause one way or another. Some women have a much easier time than others while others really suffer with the side effects of menopause. And our guest today will help us address, talk about menopause and fitness, but more importantly, the body image problems that come with menopause for so many and how we can change that aspect of how we think about our bodies as we're going through menopause and beyond. So today we're thrilled to have Dr. Maria Luque with us, an Air Force veteran professor and go-to expert in menopause fitness. With two decades of fitness experience and over a decade zeroing in on menopause, she's the founder of Fitness in Menopause, a company geared toward empowering women through this life stage. Today, we'll dive deep into the intersection of menopause and body image. Let's dive into our feature content. Hi, I'm Heike Yates, a fitness and nutrition coach with over 35 years of experience. I'm on a mission to empower women over 50 to reclaim their health, strength, and vibrancy and step into the best version of themselves during this extraordinary phase of life. You're joining an incredible global community of women who have decided to stop dimming their light and ignite their inner spark instead. I'm thrilled to have you with us. On this podcast, I break down complex fitness, nutrition, and mindset concepts into easy, achievable steps that you can incorporate into your life today. No matter where you are, it's never too late to start. I sit down with some truly amazing people who've gone from tough times to great heights and experts who share tips to tackle your challenges. You'll feel supported knowing you're not alone in your journey. It's like having a personal support team in your corner. Together, we're going to change the conversation around aging, break down barriers, and reveal the true power of being over 50. So let's challenge the norms, take action, and say, yes, I can. This is the Pursue Your Spark podcast. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pursue Your Spark podcast. I have a fantastic guest today, and her name is Maria Luque. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Heike. I am so excited to be here. So glad you're here. We just talked about before we started, hit the record button, that we both are German heritage and you moved from Germany, from near Saarbrücken to the United States. And I moved from a small town near Munich also to the U.S. And both of us are the only people here from that tribe in Germany that we've been from. Yes, yes, that's right. I mean, what are the chances, right, that we connect through fitness? That's great. I love this. Okay. And that is something I just want to talk about. And for those of you who will uh, watch the video, I'm holding up Maria's 
article in the Idea magazine about menopause and body image. It's all in there. I cop- I took it out and I saved it for, it was in 2022 uh, when you did the article. But I met you, I think, the year before at the Idea Personal Trainer Conference in Virginia, where you spoke on menopause. And I was your door monitor, letting people in and out. And I listened to the lecture and I was really fascinated because I thought, oh, wouldn't it be great if I changed my focus a little bit more narrower and talked to women in menopause? And I said, geez, the lecture I want to listen to, she knows how to do it. And so I started talking to you and I'm sure you talked to a whole bunch of other people, but it was memorable to me. So when I found you on Instagram, I was like, she's going to be a really good guest. And I remember you said back then, you take one person at a time to change their lives. You potentially can't do it in a group, especially when women are in menopause, but one person at a time to change their life in menopause. Do you remember that? Yes, I do, because it's still my philosophy. I think um, there is no uh, approach that you can just throw at everyone in menopause. And so one person at a time, one approach at a time is still how I work these days. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know know you as well as I do, (laughs) tell us who you are, where you came from, how you got into this field of menopause and health. Start wherever you want. Well, I um, I am Maria Luque. I got my PhD, and this is where it all started. I got my BA PhD in health sciences, and as I had to pick a dissertation topic, I kind of looked around and saw that there was a need, not a need, I just, the clients that I had and the friends that I had were going through menopause, and I thought, how perfect is it for me to use my studies now to do a little research study. Obviously, it's very small, um, but enough people to kind of figure out what's missing from a holistic perspective in uh, menopause. And that's where I started. So that was in 2011 that I started with menopause-specific studies. And that just diving into it through, you know, having to really dive in for my for my dissertation really highlighted that there just wasn't, first of all, there wasn't a conversation around it. There wasn't um, a fitness specific, anything or movement specific, and the focus of quality of life was missing. So my dissertation was on the impact of physical activity on quality of life through perimenopause. And to this day, 10 years later, I've kept on working and fine tuning listening to women, working with women, changing how I coach, changing how I see things. And 10 years later, I'm in perimenopause. (laughs) So now I'm in the thicket of it. And that's how I really ended up in it. I just really loved the, the topic. I loved that there was a need. I thought that there's a space for me to to make a difference. And that to this day, it's just still what I'm super passionate about. And now I have a slightly selfish reason because I'm going through it myself. So it it kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, when I went through menopause, I'm 62 and I know you're 47. <clears throat> I'm 49. What? what? Yes. <laughs> uh, should I say you look good like they usually tell us? No, no, no. I look 49. I feel 49. <laughs> 
which was a little bit of a joke on the body image they were talking about. (laughs) But I remember when I went through menopause, it wasn't that bad. I know many women have horrible menopauses and sweats and this and that and the other. And all I remember is I had a lot of sleepless nights. That was my biggest problem. And the only time I really remember from back then when I had a hot flash, when I was on my bike or when I was running a marathon and suddenly my cheeks got really red and rosy and hot. That were my hot flashes back then. So I was pretty lucky. I wasn't on any HRT or anything else. And people said, you don't have any symptoms. I said, you know, look at my cheeks. That's where I start when during, during exercise. And I always say that the exercise, which we'll also delve into uh, deeper is what made my menopause way easier than it could have been. And you are a big believer on exercise and strength training. So I want to ask you, how does menopause impact a woman's relationship with her body, especially when it comes to fitness and body image? And we can break that down. Wow. Yes. Cause that is, it's a loaded question there. That is a big, big question. Um, I think as just to take it apart, the uh, exercise and body image equation, I mean, we know that exercise has a positive effect on body image. When women, and, and this is just experience and talking to women and, you know, some of the science, but mostly now the the um, conclusions I take is from just from talking to real women that reach out to me that, that raise these questions. And I think that a lot of the challenges are that women get to the stage and feel lost because their body is no longer responding the way it was responding before. And so although we exercise, and even if you were a long, lifelong athlete, women tend to hit a wall where they no longer are doing this and then they get to here, but then menopause happens here in the middle and it no longer works. And that's, their, their words mostly is like, I'm doing this and it doesn't work anymore. And so exercise plays a crucial role and not only exercise, but the re-evaluation of what exercise is for you and what movement is in menopause, I think becomes a critical piece in quality of life management for women. It's a non-negotiable movement is, and I, I really am starting to change my narrative of not just saying exercise, but movement, because I have found that a lot of women see exercise and all they see is weight training and CrossFitters and marathon runners, like that hardcore, like there's a certain association that is done to it when movement can be so much more. Um, so I think that that it's a critical piece for both body image and quality of life, which are obviously very, very tied in together. And I think that now for women that are going through menopause now, so that perimenopausal stage, taking time to check in with the relationship that you've had with exercise and where it may be different now is, is a key factor in you making a change to have sustainable exercise and how you view yourself, yourself, your body and your exercise routine. I remember the days when I didn't sleep at night and the alarm clock went off at 5 a.m. saying, yo, time to meet your marathon group. 
And I would hit the button. I said, I cannot move. I felt like a brick has hit me. And I missed during that specific to that time, I missed a lot of my running in the morning because I just couldn't function. I could barely get to work because of the lack of sleep, which also is a side effect of of the hormone changes during menopause. But I remember that my husband said, don't you want to go? I said, I can't. I need another three or four hours of sleep and then I can function. And it's hard to get yourself together when, like in my case, I felt super tired. And the idea, like you said, Maria, is about movement. It doesn't have to be the marathon. It doesn't have to be the exercise class. But just moving is so important to feel better. Yes. And you made a, made a great point because the... I think one of the big challenges is that when before we hit menopause, um, which is very unpredictable, it isn't, and I always say this, this isn't a linear experience. We're not going and there's a checkbox and you're going to go through this stage and then there's this stage and then there's this. It's more like a hamster wheel or a roller coaster that constantly is changing and you don't know exactly what's behind the next curve. So... For you to be able to be more or kinder and more flexible, like having a flexible approach to fitness becomes the most important thing you can do. Because like you said, even for someone that is a runner or a cyclist or really loves to work out, if you go several days without sleeping, it doesn't do you any good to force yourself to get up and do it because you're not going to get the results that you want from that session. And you're going to feel horrible because you're not putting out the output that you know you can, but then at night it might even keep you up. And then, so we're trying to figure out more of a, what if you didn't sleep well, what's your backup plan? Maybe a walk. It doesn't mean you should be sitting on the couch the rest of the day, but maybe a walk will be good or maybe a yoga session, or maybe you want to go and do a dance class or something. It doesn't have to be an all or none approach, which we often, uh, I know I am that I'm an Aries and I'm all in or all out. And I've really had to learn to be in the middle somewhere. And I grew up in the German culture, which is you're in or you're out, like you're, you're focused, you go, you get it done. Um, so that becomes really important to be able to say, not today. I don't think today is a good day for me to do what I planned on doing and then do something else tomorrow. What are some of the misconceptions around fitness, body image and menopause? Uh, what are some myths that you have heard, encountered or, or talk about? Well, I, I think one of the biggest myths is that you can just work your way out of belly fat or diet your belly fat away in menopause. And that's the narrative that we really hear a lot. And and as menopause becomes more of a money-making industry, there's going to be more products, more diets, more plans that will hack things and burn things and override things. Um, the the, the um, biggest part to this kind of body image and, and belly fat had plays a huge role in this body image equation, right? Because a lot of women that have never experienced any fat or like having um, that change, that morphing change of fat just kind of accumulating in the middle area, you think, oh, I'm just going to have to do more of what I'm doing because that's what's worked in the past. And that backfires 
often in menopause. So we, again, it goes kind of back to reevaluating why we do what we do. Uh, another one is around menopause and fitness is that you're not supposed to, now there is a narrative of you shouldn't do long distance anything, anything over like 45 minutes, it doesn't serve a purpose. Um, or you shouldn't be doing this type of exercise, but you definitely should be doing lift heavy and do high intensity exercises. Like that is the one thing that is now being really sold. Like that's what women in menopause need. And I agree that it's great. It's a component, uh, but it isn't, it's, it's a piece of the puzzle. So we can't say that this puzzle piece is more important than this puzzle piece when we're looking at, well, what's the purpose? Again, why are you working out? Like what is your ultimate purpose? And we have to realize that body image is a huge issue in menopause. This isn't a, a unique experience that you are having or I'm having. 80% of women going through menopause experience some sort of body image challenge. So this isn't something that you're not doing. So realizing that exercise can be an ally, but isn't the solution to your body image issues is a critical piece in making peace with all of that and just kind of making friends with your movement and your body. Hey, it's Heike. I want to jump in and tell you about a program I'm offering. If you're ready to take control of your life and feel vibrant again, then the Pursue Your Spark Blueprint is for you. It's an eight-week online group coaching program for women in midlife. On this life-changing journey, you'll start a healthy intermittent fasting routine, lose body fat, improve gut health, and boost your energy. And boy, will you feel stronger after the course. With our course, you won't feel like you need to start over each time life gets in the way. Our tailored Pilates and strength training exercises combined with a built-in accountability system will make sure that you build lasting and consistent habits. We're not just about physical transformation. We're here to help you build a confident mindset to make guilt-free, smart health choices. Imagine going mountain biking or fitting into last year's clothing without a hitch. That's the energy and vitality the Pursue Your Spark Blueprint brings. Ready to prioritize your health? Click the link in the show notes to apply. It's time to invest in yourself because you are worth it. Well said. I couldn't agree more. I mean, love your body for what it can do, which was, which takes it almost to my next question is, uh, what can I do with my body versus why isn't my body making me happy? <clears throat> yeah, well, you know, the, the one thing, the big thing is, and I, I almost like describe menopause as you either let like the wrecking ball hit you and like kind of throw you over or you get on that wrecking ball and ride it and have a good time. Because we have to realize that body image isn't attached to your actual physical self. It's your mind. Like there doesn't, we've all experienced this. I have been uh, 20 years ago in a different leaner body and I wasn't happy then with it. Uh, now I'm a different body. I'm, you know, now I'm happier with my body because I've learned to make peace with what it is. And I know that I just can't kill myself working out and dieting and doing these things when I know that it wasn't attached to the actual size or the, because we're thinking if I'm smaller, I mean, we still have nothing, the smaller, the better. If I'm only 20 pounds lighter, I'm going to feel better. I'm going to be happier. And that's just not true. So body image is how we feel about our body. It isn't 
what our body actually, with the size of our body. And once we actually make those connections and detach size and physical appearance from our body image, then real change can happen. Yeah, I like that. When you're thinking about the hormone changes that we go through in menopause, of course, our skin will be more slack and we get rumple our skin and not as elastic and our eyes are sagging, our butts maybe not as perky or whatever. And we all, as you said earlier, we all go through menopause different. So the one has sagging boobs, the next one has sagging butt, the next one has a belly fat, whatever it is, the next gets more wrinkled, the next person gets all of it. It is... It's just happening. And it's, it is not something that I think always people, women feel so guilty. What did I do wrong? What is it that I didn't do? I should have, could have. Um, and, and look at me now. Well, the, the, the biggest contributor is that we've always been told this. We've always been told that we're not enough. Like the hair isn't, it's supposed to be curly, not straight. Big boobs are in, now they're not. Big butts are in, now they're not. Like now we want hips, we didn't want hips before. It's always what you don't have that you're supposed to be chasing. And in menopause, it's always been like that. And it will continue to be like that because women are easily marketed to you because society has always pushed the narrative that we have to change. The eyebrows have to be thin. No, now they have to be thick. You're supposed to wax everything other than your hair because you're supposed to have hair on your head, but nowhere else. And so it's those kinds of things. The standards that we know don't exist for men have always existed for women. And in menopause, when we're already going through um, hormonal changes that can drastically affect our emotional well-being, our mental health, we know that we are primed for the picking on body image and being sold things that we don't need, but we are really, really in vulnerable places. So it's really easy to sell us something. And that next thing is just like, oh, I didn't know that I'm supposed to be here. Although we've already been sold the same things for the past 40 years. So how much longer do we want to be, you know, taken for our money and for that? Like, I think menopause is such a great opportunity to cut those ties that we've been really tied to our entire life, most, most of our entire life. But aren't then women afraid to cut those ties? What, what would I do if I don't have the cellulite cream and the, the belly wobbler to get rid of my belly fat and the whatever else is out there? And I can't think of any products right now, but what, what would you do? If those ties are cut, what, how would you feel as a woman then? Free. You would feel free. Imagine all the time and energy that you could use on things that you actually enjoy to do. So many women that I work with actually avoid situations, social situations or things that they actually enjoy doing because of how they feel about their body and because they feel that they can't. You can't go swimming because you can't show your body in a bathing suit, right? You can't, maybe you don't want to go out to eat because uh, you're afraid someone will say something about what you're eating or someone will mention something about diets or something. There is, there's, there's actual implications that we cut out things that we enjoy doing, spending time with our family, deleting photos that actually are happy memories just because we don't like the way we looked in those pictures. 
So imagine the energy that we could actually use for good and enjoying moments and enjoying life when we don't have to be preoccupied with, oh my God, what am I like? How does my body look today? And am I looking how, because when we have body image issues, most of the time we are, we are worried about what others think of our bodies. And, and, and sadly, people, other people don't actually care, care as much about your own body than you think they care. And even if they did, who cares, right? When you get to let go of those attachments, it is freeing. Now I want to be, and I, I'm always very honest in this conversation because cutting the tie means not having a full on rope or chain. It may mean you still have a threat. I think it's very hard to cut those ties completely and being honest about body image and saying that you manage it. Like for instance, I've been very open about my own body image issues through life. I manage it much better now. It doesn't derail me, but do I have days that I feel crappy or that I look in the mirror and I'm like, Oh, or if I, feel a jiggle and I'm like, ah, you know, like those kinds of things where it's still, you, you still have those moments. You still have those days, but it's about not letting it rule what you're about to be doing or what, how you feel the rest of the day. Because um, when women are in that thicket of body image, it derails their day. If they make choices based on how they feel about their body. And that is the, something that we can actually change. It's like, that's changeable. Because I hear often, oh, I wish I looked like my 20-year-old self. Mm -hmm. well, well, you're not. We are all getting older. Aging is a normal process. And I think a big part of that menopause story, too, is to normalize aging. Mm -hmm. That we, it's okay to be rumply, to be flabby sometimes, or continuously to be flabby, because that's just the way your body ages, Right. And uh, your hands get age spots and all these things, but it's the, the normalizing aging. And when, when I look at your Instagram account, for instance, what I see in Maria is like, Oh God, what does she see when she looks at my account? Fun. <laughs> what I see is fun, strong, family, good life. That's what I see. You're having fun with your daughter, doing all kinds of crazy exercise thingies. And, uh, you know, but it's, it's, you portray that image that I love portraying as well is strength, freedom, fun, life and family. And, uh, so when I look at your, your, your Instagram, it just makes me feel good. And I wanted you to know that how I felt about this when I looked at your, uh, Instagram as opposed to others where it's, Oh, look at that. Is that fish shop? Is that real? Oh man, look at this really, really hard exercise. I can't do that anymore because I have shoulder issues now. Mm, wow. Does she look pretty in that dress? I'm, mm, yeah, but I, I'm not that pretty because. You know, I'm 62 now. Uh, so it, to me, it's, it's that body image is also with what we're, we're attached, touched a little bit on is that what we're getting from the fitness industry, the beauty and beauty and health air quotes industry that all makes us want to feel 
want to feel younger, like our former, uh, former selves when we were 20, which is not possible. And you'll see some, we, since we're talking primarily women today, we see women that are extraordinary in their achievements and their muscle growth or in their flexibility and their athleticism, but they're far and few between. And many people don't see how much work it actually takes to get there and stay there. And I was a former bodybuilder. I know what it takes to build muscle mass, especially as, as we're aging. So I just want you to check that. I just had that moment of passion. Oh, thank you. I mean, it means so much because you, what you say that you feel when you see my Instagram, it's what I want people to see. I, I don't, I post when I feel like I have something to say and when I get inspired, I, which is probably not the best way for my algorithm, but uh, I don't, I just want to do things when I, like when I feel it, I feel it. Right. And it becomes the, like you said, I want to show that like movement can be fun, that strength can be fun. Like it doesn't have to be this impossible thing where you're juggling heavy weights on a medicine ball while you're doing something else because it's impressive. And that's great. You know, if people need inspiration to try something else, that's wonderful. Um, but it is important to, to realize that we often romanticize what our bodies were back then. And I have written about this as well. I've looked at pictures and I know what I was like 20 years ago when I was at my leanest and I was at my um, biggest from a muscular perspective. And I was at my most miserable. I was in a horrible relationship. I, all I did was work out. Like I went to the gym in the morning to do my fasting cardio because that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> and then after work, I immediately went back to the gym to do my strength training. And it like, that was seven days a week. That was my routine because I was so miserable because it was the only thing I could control. Did I appreciate my body at the time that I was so lean and so muscular? No, I did not. It wasn't about what I looked like. It was how much I could control. And now, you know, I have a broken body. It doesn't respond as well anymore. And I just have had a lot of injuries. And so I've learned to be much more kind about what I do for my movement. And because I want to be a, an example for my daughter, like I want her to see that it's fun, that it isn't this rigid. No, I can't work out. I can't have fun with you right now because I have to work out, right? Like you have to be able to see what is really important in your life. And, and exercise is incredibly important in my life, but is it the end all be all? It's not. So uh, we have to, again, it comes down to taking time to yourself to figure out what it is that you really want. We're halfway here. Now is the time to make a change. Do we want to be that and be truthful about where you were in that life when you had that body that you now so much want? And were you appreciative of that body then? Because that is the biggest question. Did you really appreciate the body then? And some people do, but I would dare to say that the majority of women will be able to say, no, I did not. I wanted to be thinner then already, you know, so... True, true. Which brings us to our topic of fitness and nutrition for women in menopause. Um, what would you recommend to 
with that said, also with a background of, oh, you look good for your age and the back of, oh, here's the diet culture. Here's your drink shake. Here's your whatever shake to, to lean out. What would you say to women that are in and around menopause? How to approach that whole nutrition and exercise to get other strength training together. Cause I think that strength training is really, really important, uh, for lean muscle mass, for boosting the metabolism, but also you feel stronger. You can pick up shit. That's what I always say. Yeah. I, you, you, you said it right. I am with you on this. Strength training is a non-negotiable. We have to do it. There's no other way to stimulate muscle growth, unless you want to be attached to a machine that does the work for you and, you know, like those things. But in any other way, strength training is incredibly important, not because you're going to lose weight. You may, but that's not the main reason. The main reason is that we are able to function the rest of our life. We're able to keep our bones strong. We're able to do things. We're able to live a good quality of life. The more muscle you have, the better your quality of life. I'm dare to say you're the, you're more prone to being able to withstand if you get sick. Um, when, you know, when you have very little muscle, it is harder to recover from illness. It's harder to recover from injury when you have less of a bank. I like to kind of call my muscle as is like a savings account. The more muscle you want to put more on and put it away. Because at some point you will have to draw from it and it becomes the, the withdrawals will be bigger and bigger and bigger because as you mentioned, um, not only does age accelerate muscle loss and bone loss, but menopause adds another speed to it. Like it adds a little like, oh, now we're going faster. So we're actively trying to avoid losing muscle in, in and around menopause and post-menopause and not only muscle, but mus uh, muscle mass and uh, bone mass. Those two things are critical for you to be able to live your life, just move around and do things. And it is great for metabolism. And like I said, it probably will help you lose some weight because the output and input. But again, I'm no weight neutral coach. I don't like to focus at all on weight because it's a it's a slippery slope. Um, so when I say, but then when you talk about strength training and not you, but like when we talk about strength training, many women are turned off because they are, they're immediately, just like I said earlier with exercise, they immediately think weight gym. Uh, I have to go to a gym. I have to lift heavy weights. I have to do something that I really don't like. And some, lots of women do not like to go to the gym. They don't like to work out with what they perceive to be weight training. So we have to figure out how to get strength training into your life. And there's many ways to do it. And given that I've worked with many women that don't, they, we start out with body weight and you've probably experienced this too. We can start where you are and we can build upon that. So I'm always huge on, especially when women reach out and they say, I just don't know where to go. And I said, let's see where you are. I don't need you to buy a bunch of equipment, start where you are right now. And then we move into it as you go, because um, yet to this day, I have never met a woman that has hated getting stronger. So as we work together and you work in this routine and you become stronger, you want to continue getting stronger. No one has ever said, you know what? I've reached my level of strength. I don't want to get any stronger. Like this is great. Doesn't because you want to continue. It's magical. What happens when you can lift, like you're saying, when you can lift chat, it's great feels good. Um, and so 
that becomes essential. I think strength training is incredibly important and is a non-negotiable. You have to somehow find a way to include it. And there's a million ways to do it. When we talk about nutrition, so much misconception. I personally, I'm not a nutritionist, so I'd like to stay in my lane and not uh, give advice when it comes to that. As far as I know, there is no menopause diet. It just doesn't exist. There's nothing. Women don't have to eat differently. They don't have to do suddenly avoid all carbs or intermittent fasting. There's plenty of studies that show that it actually backfires, like longer periods of fasting, you know, where people do two or three day fasts um, are not good. They backfire. And keto the same way. So all of these things where women are being bombarded with carbs and uh, and insulin sensitivity, and now you can't eat any carbs or any sugars or anything. Um, some women probably will go through this, but this is something to talk over with your medical professional, not with your fixing it with your supplements and your exercise routine. And so I, I just think there's an overblown emphasis on changing diets because you're in menopause. All of the rules that we know to be true for nutrition still apply during menopause. We want to include nutritious things. We want to include things that we love. But we, I am an advocate of adding versus subtracting. Let's eat more, like add more nutritious things like, you know, flaxseed, chia, like things that you know are really full of antioxidants or things that add Rather than saying, I'm going to cut out carbs, I'm going to cut out this, because it doesn't work. We've already done it a million times. Um, that's where I stand on nutrition. I'm also a huge believer of being a intuitive eater. I don't, I personally don't follow a specific program. I eat when I'm hungry. I don't eat when I'm not hungry. And uh, sometimes I have to force myself to eat if I've gone too long. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Because I know then it's time, but you know, just kind of listening to that. So that's a long winded answer to your question. <laughs> no, this is a good answer. And I, I, I appreciate your honesty and saying, Hey, you know, I'm not a nutritionist and this is how, but this is my experience. I've had this with clients. I see it on my own body. And there is, again, it goes back to um, what, what the industry tells us. There's a diet for everything. There's a fix for everything. There's a do that and you will get that. Um, the one thing that's one of my pet peeves is the flat belly exercises. When, when those people sit on the chair and they're like, look, now I'm lifting my knees. Now I'm getting my belly lean and my belly fat will be gone. It just drives me bonkers. It's Awful. And you know what? They just will put on a new dress on those uh, marketing techniques and sell it as something new. It, the, again, we go back to women that are in menopause or postmenopause. We're already, we've done all the diets. We've done them all. We've, and have they ever worked? No, because we know diets don't work. Like the science is very, very clear. It doesn't work. It backfires. You will probably gain more back than you actually lost. And now, which isn't it an indicator that all of those big diet, um, programs like Weight Watchers and um, Noom and those, they don't call themselves diets anymore because diet is a bad word. It's just, they're still doing the same thing, but now they're a lifestyle program or they're um, backed by science 
um, it's a behavioral change program. They, they put a new name on it because diet now has this bad connotation. It's the same thing though. It's as many times as I've heard people say, Oh, I'm doing new. It's, uh, it's not a diet. And I'm like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, they're telling you what to eat and they're telling you how much you, it's a diet. Like there's no, yeah. It's, it's like what I always tell my clients who want to monitor their, their, their food intake. I'm like, write it down. And that's what, what this product group does too. Write it down. Well, if you know what you're eating and if you want to balance your diet and you do want to lose weight, well, write it down. Then you know whether you overate or underate or where you're lagging in nutrition, but it's not the 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 miracle program suddenly that it's made out to be i agree with that yeah well it's we know that input and output is still the basic truth um and we have to be honest with ourselves as we age for most of us our activity level goes down a little yeah. bit even for people that are really athletic and really will really focus on getting their exercise every day You've probably slowed down a little bit, even those people, than from where you were 10 or 20 years ago. So your input, your food has to equal the output because otherwise it there will be a weight gain. And that's just normal calculation. Now, I don't agree and I still don't believe that the less you put in, the more you're going to lose weight because we know that's not true either. But um, we do have to realize that maybe sometimes we're not honest with ourselves and saying, well, maybe I have slowed down a bit, but I'm still eating exactly the same way I ate when I was really active. So those are the truth moments that you have to have with yourself and say, hmm, maybe if I'm not moving as much, I also, I can't eat the same way that I did before. I just, I can eat all the same things, but maybe I need to eat smaller portions because I'm not moving as much. And so that, that becomes a big component. Is it the only component for weight gain? No, especially during menopause, because there's so many other things that are happening. And for body composition, for sure not, because weight gain and body composition are two completely different things. We can gain weight and have great, like be okay with our body composition and we cannot gain weight, but suddenly all of it seems like all of the fat is being taken from all the body and just put in the middle. And so. That that is that's not something that you're doing because you're eating bad or because you're not exercising. The body fat in the middle is is often a side effect, or not a side effect, it's a symptom of uh, menopause. And it will it even out as you go through postmenopause? Probably some of this will even out. But what is the absolute worst case scenario if you have a little extra fat around the middle? Does it keep you from like what you were saying earlier? Does it keep you from going on a hike? Does it keep you from playing with your kids or grandkids or your puppies? Or does it keep you from going to the gym? Does it, let's be realistic. Like what is it keeping you from doing? Um, when you're over obsessing over it, you're really making your belly fat worse <laughs> and you're not doing the things that you want to do. Right. Again, we're like quality of life. Let's what, why do we put so much emphasis on this? belly fat is it keeping you from doing things yep i love it now final question what would you put in if you were able to create a menopause survival kit what would what would your menopause survival kit include mm, that's a good one it would include a really good book 
It would include uh, fun food that I enjoy. And I would have a notebook because I love to jot down notes. Um, all the other things don't have to go in my survival kit. I'm imagining a box with a kit. Now, all the other tools that I would have would be to focus on just doing movement that I enjoy. Joy is the biggest factor. Am I loving what I'm doing with all things in my life? Work, personal life, fitness, movement, and food. Like the joy factor is the biggest part. So that would be the biggest part in my box. Uh, but if we're talking things, it would have be a book and a notebook because I like to write and read. Okay. I think that sounds like a very good menopause survival kit. <laughs> <laughs> and our listeners can put whatever they want in their own menopause survival kit. <laughs> yes, because, you know, when we're looking at movement and why I'm not adding any movement thing in there, your body is your, your toolkit. Like you can move and do and do exercises all alone with your body. And so that is as long as you're finding ways to be uh, explore new things and to try new things and just really have fun with it then you're going to be okay. That's the biggest part of the menopause equation, that we lose sight of what we enjoy doing. When we can dial it back, then you don't need anything else. Hey there, I just want to jump in real quickly and let you know about an awesome podcast. I know that many of us are married, but others are not. And there is this amazing podcast that I need you to listen to. It's called Behind the Swipe, and its host is Hoyt Prysock, and I got him here to tell you more about the show. Wow. Well, listen, thanks so much. I really appreciate it, Heike. Um, Behind the Swipe is really focused on pulling back the curtain for online dating for those of us in our 40s, 50s, and beyond. And what we do is we will have uh, an expert of some kind, whether that's a dating coach or a therapist or a matchmaker or somebody that's that really lives and breathes all of this dating stuff. And then we'll hear privately and anonymously from several daters that I interview that tell me the real behind the scenes stories of dating after 40. This is fantastic. So guys, listen in wherever you receive your content. It's called Behind the Swipe. Thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom, Maria. And I'm so glad we got to connect almost in person here virtually after all these years. And how can my listeners reach you? The best way is you can email me if you have specific questions. It's at maria at fitnessinmenopause.com. You can also go on my website, fitnessinmenopause.com and uh, sign up for my newsletter. I send one out every week and we you can just be involved uh, in my new, I have a new coaching program that's about to launch. So if you want to get on the wait list for that, you can get on to my website and Instagram, of course. But I love when people reach out over email because I will respond. So if you have specific questions, email is probably the best way to get a hold of me. Awesome. So thank you so much. Dankeschön. <laughs> Dankeschön. Yeah, auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen. <laughs> Thank you.
What an insightful conversation with Dr. Maria Luque on the crucial topic of menopause and body image. A big thank you to Dr. Luque for sharing her extensive knowledge and practical advice. If you want to learn more about navigating the challenges and rewards of menopause, be sure to check out her company, Fitness and Menopause. We'll leave a link in the show notes for you so you can easily find her. But I would love to hear from you. Once you listen to the episode, send me an email with the subject line body image to heike at heikeyates.com and let me know how this episode resonated with you. If you had any questions that I can pass on to Dr. Luke and how you feel about listening to what her advice was. I want to celebrate with you your health and your life in the second half of life. So reach out. Can't wait to hear from you. And until next time on the Pursue Your Spark podcast. Ciao.